Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, Duck Hunt, and welcome to episode number 295 of the IGN UK podcast. My name is Gavin Murphy, and today I'm joined by Mr. Roy Powers. Hello, Duck Hunt. Nice, and... Do you want to say your name? Yeah, Luke Carmali. Hi. That was weak. That was weak, wasn't it? That was weak. How am I meant to say my name? I don't know. Introduce yourself to the world. Imagine this is the first time people are listening to this. You're selling podcast. yourself. I, well, this is the thing. I don't want to say. They've only profiled you. There's the boring one. Here's the <laughs> fun one. And well, here's mine. dad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Is> that... Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, I. You're not that young. <laughs> I'm not that old. My dad has a beard. You have a beard. It's a father race. Your dad endurance. has gone. A fantastic beard as Thank well. Thank you. I've never seen a photo of him, you, and I think it's you and your brother. Oh, Colin. playing base, the baseball yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, and he looks like Santa. He does, yeah. yeah. You did say that, yeah, you know, your dad does look like Santa. Yeah. 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 My Sam- second name is Christmas as well. <laughs> Rory Christmas. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Fairness Powers is pretty good, but that's by the by, because this week we're going to talk about mainly Until Dawn. I've been playing mm-hmm. it. I love it. Um, I it took me a while to really get into it, yeah, um, mm. because I hate every single character. <laughs> but that's Great. kind of the point, isn't it? That it is, are, it, like, it is kind of the point, but so at the same time, it's just it's a PS4 it's exclusive. Annoying. So yeah. people people who don't know it, it's yeah. set up. Um, so what is the premise? Isn't it something to do with going to a house in the woods? Yeah, I mean it's your typical sort of horror, horror just, yeah. like teen schlock. They go to get laid, and instead they get laid in a grave or well, something. Some, something oh, happens. No. Something big happens right at the beginning, and. A year later, you all go back there for okay. the same reason. I mean, it's pretty mental why you would go, be going back to somewhere <laughs> where a terrible thing happened in the first place. Yeah. Um, but, like, it took me, I think, I'm. there's like 10 chapters in all. Uh, we gave it a pretty good, like, uh, Lucy um, reviewed it for us she and gave it a pretty 5? good. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and she's really big on horror and she's really, really mm. into it. Krupa's a uh, big horror guy as well and he's he's really enjoying it. Um, it but it took, for the first couple of hours, I really didn't get on with it at all because the scares are like, I mean, pretty much all the scares are like jump scares, basically. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, which is which is good, but sometimes it's it can a bit be a bit cheap, frustrating. Sometimes. But the game looks amazing. Um, the script is pretty rubbish, but I really like those sort of decision games, kind of like Heavy Rain and stuff like that, where you're mm. making decisions and the stuff. It's all split time. Then. Like your ending is going to be different from other people's. Exactly. Ending. So I was yeah. going to say cool something stuff. that I have heard about it very, very positively is that it, the choices you make really do have an impact. Like you know, towards the end. I don't know. Gav face, not good face. I, I, just, uh, I don't know. Like the, the choices I'm making, it's basically like a lot of the choices you make are whether or not you want to actually work hard or not. So like a lot oh. of times you'll be falling and it'll be like, or you'll be running after someone and it'll be like, oh, do you want to go the shortcut or do you want to go the long way? If you go the long way, you're going to have to press a lot less buttons. If you go the shortcut, you're going to be like, press triangle, press circle, like uh, all the time. And, okay. you get, and you get there a little bit quicker and it's a little bit more dangerous. But like, doesn't really make that much more because they can't they kind of sell it from what I've heard is that you get to choose who lives and who dies you do I I made a really big decision on who lived or died uh, last night because well by the sound of it you want them all to die because they're awful humans (laughs) well no but the guy (laughs) see I had a a theory about one of the guys Uh that I let die and I just thought I'm gonna I'm not I'm gonna let him die because something's gonna happen and he's definitely not gonna die 
he dies. <laughs> my, my, my fuse. Swing and a miss. You're like punching him. He's like, he's going to come back any second now. Annoyingly, he was the one that I didn't find the most annoying. Like, he of was one of the ones I was like, I actually genuinely really like him. But oh. I thought I had, I had theory about him. So I thought there's no way they're going to let him die. But yeah, he totally dies. <laughs> it's funny because I, I haven't actually got a chance to play the game yet, but I've seen mm. so much gameplay mm. footage from it. Yeah. And it is a lot like watching our movie like yeah. from what I've seen because we, we've done Let's Plays up on site yeah. you can check out some of the guys in the US playing it yeah. and you do really buy into it and it just feels like a horror well, movie well this is, this is cool. kind of what I want to talk about because this week we've also got Hitman Agent 47 yeah. out, so that's uh, a movie trying to make a video game uh, but then and a lot of people you know it's very very hard to make a decent movie of a video game but here we are with Until Dawn making a video game of, you know, using all these sort of like movie tropes yeah. mm. and doing it really well. Flip the script. Like, uh, but the, I think it's way more, f- if I was watching Until Dawn, I wouldn't be having a very good time because I hate every single character. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm playing Until Dawn, I really, really like it. Yeah. Because all the characters are just detestable and they're all like cartoon characters as well. Like, mm. and if you see, like, if you remember like the, I don't know if you, how well you know it, unfortunately I know it quite well, but the Friday the 13th remake. Yeah. There's people t- in that and the way they talk to each other, I look at them and I go, like, you aren't humans. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just caricatures. And it's exactly the same with Until Dawn really because you look at these people and you just go, outside of this setting, you don't exist in this world. Yeah. yeah in yeah. any world. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of similar to um, Cabin in the Woods. Okay. Where it's like the meta kind of idea of like every horror film has these set yeah. Characters, you have the stoner one, you have the jock. Exactly, yeah. And it has these. I mean, it's but they don't really come in. They they don't really start embodying those like the stereotypical things those tropes until late on in that movie because oh. at the beginning oh when, yeah 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 oh that's you, right because when you first like... meet them they're like they're all smart like Chris Hemsworth is super smart and like he's a jock but he's funny he's got a sense of humor he's, got, he's an actual character and he's actually movie. got a bit of charisma yeah exactly. and then it just like so, so it kind of flips all on his head and then later on in the film they actually become those tropes but of course the, the thing that's the thing I think after, if I had after Cabin in the Woods, anything that tries to do a Cabin in the Woods movie kind of, yeah. or, you know, a setting like Until Dawn, it's not as good. Yeah. It's just not as good. And I think, like, Cabin in the Woods is so smart. And, I mean, you've got Joss Whedon behind it. Like, do you know have what I mean? Have you seen... So, have you seen Hitman? Yes. What did you think? It's... All right. It's, Damning with faint praise. It's, like, oh, it's, I mean, it's... it's uh, yeah, less than that, maybe. It's, it's just... <laughs> it's just like a Euro trash, like, uh, uh, film. It's kind of like, you know... Just it's just a rubbish action film, basically. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing. There's nothing really stand out in it. There's no like. I think if you are, I think if you're a massive, massive fan of Hitman, and you go see it, you'll have a good time. Yeah. Because they do genuinely take out bits like you know him taking on costumes, him dragging people around, the garroting, like you know traveling all over the globe and stuff. Well, mostly just Europe and Singapore. But um, budget. Like <laughs> if 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 you if you if you're a massive Hitman fan, you might like it yeah um, but it didn't really do anything for me and I, I kind of have a passing interest in Hitman so yeah I don't know but that, this is the thing you know it's really hard for films to make actual good representations of, of uh, video games but then if you think but, about all the all of my favourite bits in video games that I can think of at the top of my head are ones that remind me of movies and we, yeah. we, you know, we, we've been playing heists for the like we've actually managed to sit down and do yeah, some heists finally. together Ooh. like which we've been trying to do for ages and like <laughs> The, what are the bits that we're talking about? The bits that we've been talking about are not the bits where it's like, you know, you're taking over wave and wave of these guards. The bits that we're talking about are the bits where it makes you feel like you're in a movie. Yeah, the bits we're talking about is when yeah. you guys are driving out of a prison yeah. in an armored car and me mm. and Alex are coming in in helicopters and planes and it's just, it's the cinematic is essentially yeah. what's happening. It's this huge, you know, 
this whole plan that's coming together at one point and you really feel like you're a part of something big and huge. And you're right, it's the exact same. Yeah. You're not thinking about like, what what uh, what's the frame rate, you know, yeah. while you're in the prison or, you no. know, the graphics or anything like that. It's all about the gameplay well, and the this, story. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, awesome. and also a really, really good example of that is in the other heist that we're in the middle of doing right now. No, yeah, in the other heist we're in the middle of doing right uh, now. The Humane Labs. The Humane yeah. Labs one. We've we've just stolen an EMP uh, whilst aboard these fighter jets. Oh, yeah. And the four of us are in these fighter jets flying over LA uh, in the middle of the night and all of a sudden, like, Highway to the Danger Zones comes on. And it's just like... You're listening to that, going, okay, I'm. I want to be in Top Gun. Yeah, like, this is what it was, I'm, you know, was so awesome. The way that it sort of uses movie stuff to bring that into the game, it's the bits that we're talking about as well. And you think like, yeah. you know, Uncharted Two is one of my favorite games. All the bits on that are bits from that I think, oh, that would be an that would be an amazing movie. Or yeah, like, like I imagine this in Indiana Jones. Like yeah, exactly, exactly it's that yeah. Kind of stuff. So kind of tied into that, I guess, because you know you're talking about how uh, when games try to be filmic, yeah, it works. Yeah. Uh, having said that. Game adaptations of movies. Yeah, that doesn't. Does that work? But I still Has think that no. I, I, no. Like, there's a lot but of reasons a, why it doesn't work. Jurassic yeah. World, like by the very way, very good. Because yeah, I, it's weird because that was one that I didn't really hear much about. Usually, I mean, I know Cooper's a Cooper's definitely a massive fan of the of the Lego games, mm. and um, for some reason that one seemed to be a lot quieter than the others. And I would have assumed what Lego Jurassic World. No, yeah, good. it was like the best selling game of yeah. July. I think it did really well. Is that a, is that a yeah. fact or is that something? No, new? that's that's oh. a fact. Yeah, really, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it seems like something <laughs> the new editor should know. Yeah. It does seem like. Hey, listen, I've got a lot of. I'm spinning a lot of plates. Um, um, but, but no, yeah. I, I think the reason for that is a lot of other things. Like we talked about it on Rebel Base this week, but like this the cycles for making those types of video games, you can't make a good game. In you know, mm. in the same like you have a two-year cycle to make a, a, a movie. That's fine. That's enough time. Two-year cycle to make a video game like of that size. That's really hard. Yeah. It's yeah. not the same thing. And no. people really make that mistake. And then you, you get you know guff like the Harry Potter games that came out for Wii and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, uh, I'd be, I'd be really, really yeah. interested to see um, two. Well, two. I mean, two points in one way. But one is um, it'd be interesting to see what VR does for that as well. Just in terms of how that, if that does change anything in terms of uh, the experience. Because but what do you mean now? For well, I certainly, I, I certainly think that um, in terms of yeah, making things a cinematic experience and stuff like that, VR there is a lot of potential there. I don't necessarily know. But what, what gameplay how, wise? But how would there. VR change anything for making movie adap- game adaptations of movies? Not game adaptations of movies. Okay, right. I, I just mean like making games uh, more filmic. Right. Okay, um, yeah. I personally think you know I think that is um, a more immersive way to kind of experience mm. things. Yeah. Uh, certainly from the times I've gone hands on with it, and so yeah. it would be in- it will be interesting to see if that does it. Because for me, when I've I've used VR, it doesn't really work with gameplay, but it does work really well in terms of immersing me into that world. See, so. I can I I kind of disagree because mm. the like I've just come back well, from Gamescom and playing the Oculus Touch. Like, oh yeah, I didn't get I didn't get a chance on that. One of the coolest bits of gameplays that I've played in ages mm. because you you're actually and you, there was no world for that. There was no like immersive experience. I'm in a room and there's toy boxes there and I can pick things up and chuck them around That's and, pretty cool. and shoot them and stuff like that. Like That's crazy. I'm not being immersed in a world, but I am being immersed in this crazy gameplay whereas it's like, you know, I was playing with this uh, other dude who was doing the demo for me and we've got these laser guns that can shrink people. Yeah. He's like shooting me and then he shrinks me down so I'm tiny and walking around this world. He's giant and everything's like slowed down and he's like talking like really really slow and I'm talking really really tiny like that. And then I shoot him and I like zoom back up 
like gameplay wise that was amazing <laughs> that, that's, that, that's, that's yeah. the kind yeah. of thing that I imagine is like prison once you've gone in you're, you can't make it on the outside world anymore you're like put me back in with the little toys like, I, yeah, I think you have a very warped idea of what prison is <laughs> like, like right? probably a bit more rape <laughs> like um, if we're honest um, uh, well but, I think it's important I mean like so video game movies haven't had that great of a representation mate, so far Warcraft Warcraft well look well this is the point so Superhero films, for example, they yeah. are one of the hugest markets yeah. right now. But you have to remember, it didn't start out like this. We had to go through a lot of garbage yeah. to get the superhero genre where it is today. Yeah. Moving along that, I think we are getting the garbage out of the way and people are seeing the potential of video games. We're making the mistakes now. Yeah. And I, I reckon in the next 10 years, yeah. we're going to see the same thing happen. We're going to see these video game franchises become huge films. Yeah. Well, as I say, Warcraft. I'm, I'm I think Warcraft may be I'm a maintained. fantastic start. Apropos of nothing, I have yeah. absolutely no evidence for this. I mean, <laughs> I, I have nothing. I know Tilly's told me some stuff that I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but it, uh, I'm a huge Warcraft fan anyway, so yeah. we'll see. But, um, but well, yeah, Duncan, on the subject, I touched Duncan Jones. So. On the subject Trust. of Hitman Agent 47, we had the producer of that, but he's not only just the producer of Hitman Agent 47, mm. he's the producer of um, just the Just Cause movie, Yes, the Deus Ex movie, Wow! and he said some really cool stuff. I don't think it's in the bit that we're just about to let you listen to, but this is him talking about uh, Hitman Agent 47 anyway, so have a listen to that. Hello guys, Chris here with Daniel and Adrian Ascaria, the producer of Hitman Agent 47, as well as a bunch of other video game movies that might be in development. And other non-video game movies. And other non-video game ones, graphic novels, TV shows, this sure. and that. Happy to be here. Let's kick off. Thank you for coming. Well, thrilled to be here. I'm a fan of this show. So to, <laughs> be, to be on it is, uh, is awesome. That's the first time that's ever happened, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, never, that's never happened. My mum doesn't even watch it, so... I think you guys are great. I Aww. love I love all the back and forth and the debates over movies and comic books. <laughs> I watch it all the time. Oh, thank Cheers, you. thank you for... <laughs> you got it, thanks, that. man. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you, have, uh, you do have a few video games in development at yes. the moment. How do you get to that position? How does how's this occurred? Hey, look, I'm a, I'm a fan of video games and comic books. So uh, for me, uh, making a movie is such a complicated, for everyone, difficult experience because it takes so long to get a movie made and development and then the, you know, all these things have to come together for the production. The, to do anything you're not a fan of, I, I think, personally speaking, it's a waste of time. I mean, it's a lot better waste to make a living than being a movie producer, making movies you don't really care about. So. Uh, I just, you know, it happens that I'm a fan of comic books and video games, and uh, I played video games growing up, and still do if I have the time. That's how we ended up with me picking up these properties. Um, a lot of them are Square Enix properties. Uh, yes. Hitman is, and same with Just Cause. Day Almost sex. all of them. Yeah, how was that come about? Do you great relationship yeah, great. with them? Yeah, I mean, we we delivered for them on the first Hitman. You know, in terms of. Uh, you know, uh, I think their games ended up doing a lot better after the first yeah. movie came out, even though it's a tremendously successful franchise. Uh, so, you know, we've it's just been a kind of a evolving relationship. It's a, it's a based on mutual respect, and we treat them well, and they treat us well, and it's 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 a relationship that has paid off. Have you had any discussion? Like one of Square Enix's biggest properties is Tomb Raider. Did you, where's, where are the rights currently with that? Are they yeah, they didn't want to give those work? to me. That's okay. the one where they said, no, sorry. <laughs> okay. No, I believe it's at Warner Brothers and MGM. Right, okay. I believe they have a good script that's moving forward, but that's, I'm not involved in any right. way, shape, or form, so that's just what I hear. Traditionally, though, video game movies haven't been hugely successful, so 
Uh, what makes you think you can change that? I don't think I can change or not change anything. I just think I can help um, make good movies. Mm. And I think video game movies have suffered, uh, I think, twofold. One, they haven't been good, mostly good, as you've said. And second is I think there is such a predisposition to not like them mm. because of what the genre has delivered in the past that some people you know, give the movies a hard time before even seeing them. Do you think? I also feel like those pe people are just willing for one to be. They're just waiting to ambush it, and that's fine, <laughs> because if you're a video game fan who plays these characters and, you know, has some sort of a personal relationship with Agent 47 or Laura Croft or Solid Snake because you're playing them for 20 hours, I understand that you feel a movie might be invasive or that they can't do your character or your alter ego or your avatar justice. I think it's more than just reading a comic book in a passive way. Uh, maybe not passive, but, but it's a completely different experience. So I think that's, that's part of it, but at the same time, uh, you know, the genre hasn't really, you know, uh, up to this point, given people a reason to say, yeah, that was, a, that was the dark night of the genre. You know? mm. I think we made a very good movie with Hitman Agent 47, but I think you know, it's hard to overcome the perception of the genre. But I think it will happen. Is eventually. getting the level of um, kind of fidelity to the source material very difficult to do? So unlike when you adapt a novel where you have kind of free reign to, to an extent over the look of the characters, kind of the visual aesthetic of the adaptation. Whereas a video game, if people are fans of the series, for instance, like something like Deus Ex, right? You know, Hitman. That character has a very specific look. The Deus Ex series has a very specific colour palette. If you say to a director, this is the kind of look the film has to have, the character, the main character has to be kind of like this guy, guy or audiences are going to reject it. Right. Is it difficult to find a director to kind of take on all that baggage? Yes. Because you're kind of limiting a lot of the decisions that would be theirs to make. Well, it is. And, 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 but some directors love that challenge. Some directors come to it as big fans themselves. You know, but at the same time, I don't want that to be an albatross for video game movies if it's not for comic book movies, because comic book movies, you have to adapt them properly as well. And as evident by what Kevin Feige and Marvel have done, I mean, they can be done. They can be done on the highest level. So <clears throat> that shouldn't be an excuse for video game movies. Again, video games are a different experience. There's far more detail. There's far more in-depth visual language that you have to adapt to a movie. So yes, that's more challenging, rather than just taking Thor from a comic book to a movie, which in, in and of itself has mm. its own set of challenges, but it's just a different set of challenges. So yeah, I, I think that's actually a really good point. Uh, but you know, more and more big time directors are getting involved with video game movies, like uh, Duncan Jones with Warcraft. So I'm, I'm rooting for him, I'm rooting for that movie to blow the door open. Mm. I'm rooting for this movie to blow the door open. Yeah, because I think the key is, is that word, it's adaptation, it's changing source material. I think a lot of the worst comic book movies, the worst video game movies, have just tried to capture something that they never can really capture, and that's why people play a game rather than seeing the movie. Yes. Um, yeah. Or they have been completely disrespectful. You know, like uh, I've said in an interview before that Steel and Tank Girl and Batman and Robin and, you know... Uh, Catwoman. Catwoman. Now, I'm yeah. no disrespect to people who worked hard in making those movies, but no one said comic book movies were dead and they will never turn around when those movies were being released, so... You know, I think video game movies are certainly on their way. So let's talk Hitman. Uh, first up, what, what's your favorite Hitman game? Absolution. I, my favorite always is the original PC one, Yeah. but Absolution to me finally brought this character into a very cinematic world. And I thought it was so cool and over the top and did some interesting things with the character that I didn't expect. So that's the one I've played most. 
but you know your first is almost always the most special one. So, Silent Assassin, the PC version. Yeah, and uh, obviously you got a chance to make a Hitman movie a few years ago, as you mentioned with Timothy Oliphant. How come we never got to see a sequel to that? Because uh, financially, it did pretty well. It cost twenty six million. It did a hundred million worldwide, uh, which is interesting because transporter movies and underworld movies did the same, and the first Resident Evil did less. Yeah, but they all ended up getting a. But that's not. That's a decision that was over my pay grade. I was a young producer at the time. Uh, I found the project and set it up at, Ch- at Fox with Chuck Gordon, and who's not a producer who produced this movie with me as well. Uh, but we weren't really involved in the production. They brought in Luke Besson because they wanted to make a previous regime at Fox because they wanted to make it for a price. Uh, but the movie was what it was. It was all right. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It was a. You know, it wasn't the movie I would have made. But maybe that was that's for the better. But uh, it, it, this one is different. We wanted to do a, we wanted to do a proper reboot. We wanted to do a proper Agent Forty Seven movie and not just take that character and set him in Eastern Europe. We wanted it to, you know, have something to say about his origin without being an origin story, and we wanted it to address issues uh, regarding the world that he exists and his mythology and the agent program. So I'm, I think we accomplished all of those. What's different with the world then, if you're putting Hitman into this world than the world 10 years ago? Is that something you have to take into account or? I hope so. I mean, I think that's automatically informed when you're developing a movie because if you're developing a movie in any time period, hopefully you're cognizant of what's going on around you then that infuses itself into the film or the script. So, you know, in a very um, unconscious uh, way, yes, but, you know, I think Genetic engineering is interesting. I think this character has a lot of uh, interesting elements about its creation and then the idea of creating the soldiers of the future, which they're trying to do as we sit here and speak. And it's not just creating robotic soldiers, it's about mental conditioning of recruits uh, for future wars. And I think that's I think that's stuff that we kind of wanted to play with a little bit, you know? And just mainly setting them in a very cool and exotic setting with the ending of the movie in Singapore and have it be a contrast to the Berlin setting in the first half. I wanted to create a travelogue spy movie with this assassin in the middle of it. This tra- you know, travel, globe trotting is an element from the game series. Mm-hmm. What other elements is it important for you to kind of take over into the movie? What, when you look at the game and go, that's adaptable, that's adaptable, we have to retain that, otherwise it ceases to be Hitman, it could just be any action movie, what are those elements that you wanted to import across? Well, obviously the way, it lo- the way he looks, although we did tweak those a little bit. Uh, but I don't think to a degree that he's not Agent 47, I just think we wanted to make it feel more grounded and cinematic. But his mythology, the agent program, uh, the, the, the idea of his creation, the what he as a character is confronted with, knowing he was created to do one thing uh, and, and, and really having the potential to be something else, I think that's prevalent in, in the games. It certainly is a component of an upcoming game. I'm, you know, I don't think I'm giving much away. So we wanted to kind of deal with that, and uh, but we also wanted it to feel that uh, audiences who've never played the game and don't know who Agent Forty Seven is can go and see a cool action movie with uh, with cool characters and this woman in the center of it that people can hopefully use as a point of entry into this world, which is kind of populated by John Smiths and Agent Forty Sevens. I mean, you lay some seeds in this movie with the kind of agent program, his background, the relationship is 
in the past, I'll be very careful with what I say. Don't so, give away the uh, yeah, yeah. end, um, the mid-credit sequence. I'm not going to give away anything. But Thanos shows up at the end of this movie. <laughs> the Actually, Infinity Nick Fury Stones. shows up and recruits Agent 47. <laughs> From Marvel, we'll have a Marvel logo. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, have you got like a tenuous... Maybe the fans will like us side on scene if you have a Marvel logo. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, Kevin, I had to get that in. <laughs> so do you have like a provisional kind of roadmap of what you'd like to do now you found your new Agent 47? Well, yeah, I mean, potentially, but the audience has to come. And we ha- they have to, you know, the, the good news is this movie costs fraction of Mission Impossible or other movies. I mean, fraction. I'm not entitled to go into the budget because Fox will kill me, but, you know, it's a relatively cheap movie. Relatively. So yeah, I mean, if, if enough people come see it worldwide, yeah, there's, I mean, you saw by the end of the movie, by a couple of sequences back to back, that we want to take this into a direction, which is ironically a more of a literal world of the game uh, direction. So, so hopefully we'll get to do that. And might they cross over with the games, the storylines going forward? Or is that I think ultimately, I don't know about Hitman movies, but, uh, but I think ultimately video game movies will. I think they're going to have to. Yeah. I, I, think, I think otherwise it's going to feel that I think as virtual reality is kind of taking over as well and, 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 and as everything is kind of being distributed through, a, I think this is a more of a larger conversation, but, mm. but uh, whether the next Hitman movie does that or Tomb Raider does that or well, Assassin's. There were, there were, but, there's been a couple of experiments. I think it's really, because um, when they've announced the original, the new Xbox, there was this talk about um, Spielberg producing some original content for it. Ridley Scott's production company have made some Halo stuff, some more Halo stuff coming. There's a game coming out next year called Quantum Break, which has um, Aidan Gillen from Game of Thrones in it. So you play the game. And you play for about, I don't know, a couple of hours, and then you basically get on the game disc a 40-minute TV episode with Sean Ashmore in it and Kieran Gillen. Not Kieran Gillen, Aidan Gillen. And is it related to the narrative of the game? Yes, so basically you're playing as the hero, and then for the 45-minute TV episode, you're seeing it from the perspective of the villains. So it's this kind of like cross-media, but it's all on one disc. I would just worry because production on games sometimes takes four or five years. Getting these things in sync might be a little bit tricky. Well, that's been the biggest challenge, to be honest with you. The production cycle in a video game is three to four. Yeah. And movie, it's about one to two. So how do you get them to match up? But I think ultimately they will. I really do. Is that the only way to succeed or is that... No, of course not. But I think you have to tell good stories. But what you just described... I was a like I'm not I don't know what that property is, but if I was a fan of that property, like if you would have said that was Hitman or Laura Croft or you know Iron Man, I would be totally down for that. Because originally, I think the plan with that was to release the game and concurrently have a show on network TV. But there was a game a couple of years ago that did that called well, the Sci-Fi. Did that didn't the Science? Yeah. yeah. And I think what they found was it was trouble migrating that audience back and forth between the game mm. and then this channel at a certain time, which is why I think they've made the decisions, put the kind of um, the TV one on, on the disc. Yeah, but let me ask you guys this, with the advent of smart TV, wouldn't that be easier? If, if I think with, the, with, the, with new consoles it'd be easier yeah. to like hop between Netflix and your game disc. Like you could have a prompt surely in the game and it just switches you over yeah. to Netflix. I think that's probably, I think you have to make it as easy as possible for audiences. I Otherwise agree. it's like, I'm not gonna I agree. tune in at the same yeah. time or whatever. Um, speaking of additional material though, have you got stuff that you, you shot for this movie that isn't in the film but will appear on the Blu-ray? Yes, absolutely. What is that? Well, that would give it away, but I'll, I'll, I'll give away a little bit. <laughs> I want to tease. There's a very cool sequence involving a wrecking ball that uh, 
will be in a in, on the Blu-ray. And we did a comic book for the movie as a prelude, which was very successful in Comicsology. I think over on a hundred thousand people or something. But uh, we're doing a special three pages that takes place after the last scene you see on this film. So those and then other cut scenes and uh, me and the other producers talking nonsense. I think those are things you have to look forward to on the, <laughs> on the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, that one's out uh, this Thursday, this week, Thursday, August 27th. You mean Hitman Agent 47 is out this yes. Thursday? Yeah. I want to mention the name of the movie. <laughs> Hitman <laughs> he just Agent said that one. 47. <laughs> Okay, so this week, what's tight, what's shite? There we go. I'm going to kick things off. <laughs> like show. Someone, someone emailed in. Yeah. I'll find the name. Yeah, tight, tight and shite is brilliant. Tight and shite <laughs> is really good. We, um, got, we got a little too off the path when it was like yellow snow and you know, hey. all these things. Weird. When I was like, let's, we've, we've strayed from <laughs> no, no, like, like, so, back here. Um, but my first tight thing is Show Me a Hero, which is the David Simon, Paul Haggis uh, miniseries, which I th- it's on HBO. I'm not sure how many episodes are, uh, it's in on that, but there's two episodes on Sky Atlantic at yeah. the moment, and it's awesome. Only two episodes, it's and only, you're already. Yeah, oh man, I was I was in after 15 minutes. Whew. Anything David Simon writes, it's just you know he just does men talking in a room so well. Yeah, mm. um, and it's just awesome. I so do we. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are uh, we going for men? I don't know. I, don't, I think that's a bold word for us. I like, don't I, like. I don't know anything about the story or anything like that so basically it's about in uh, the, the sort of taking over like the mayor of Yonkers I think it's it's either the 70s or the 80s that's the thing I know nothing about it Yeah. Um, but Yonkers is uh, part of New York mm. which I didn't even know until I started no, watching this I thing did I did sounds yeah, like someone in the that. Wizard of Oz no because it's in Friends it's mentioned oh really um, with that one like I've never had Yonkers. any professional dance training she's like oh, right. you're from Yonkers oh, your name is Buffo Montini yeah. or something like that yeah cause the only thing I knew about Yonkers was the Tyler the Creator stuff and that's nothing to do with this TV show but it's got a really good cast got Oscar Isaac and he's like the main dude um, and he's just brilliant to watch as well it's nice to see him he's kind of like upbeat well the first episode he's kind of like upbeat and happy yeah. for a while and you never see Oscar Isaac that's what I was going to say that's really. not very characteristic quite reserved he was yeah. not a happy man <laughs> um, right. but it's also got Joe Bernthal as well the um, guy from Walking Dead and who's going to be the new Punisher who is he in oh um, uh, Shane Walking Shane, Dead yeah, yeah. yeah. oh awesome uh, and he's, cool. he's really really good in it as well but like I don't know it's just Everything that David Simon does is so dense, and it's just like so much to listen to. I'm, I find myself again, just like The Wire and stuff like that. Like I'm rewinding bits yeah. to go back to where and be like, "What is going on?" Like the first episode, so much happens, and like they're setting up like um, they're setting up like an election for who's going to win the mayor thing, and you think, "Oh, okay, this is going to be the story of the sixth episode." No, that's done and dusted in the first episode. <laughs> like that's done and dusted in the first forty minutes. So God knows what's going to happen. I love but, it. Yeah, I'm already in. Like there's been nothing on TV. TV recently where I've gone oh man this is good it feels like good TV but it's really really good so I would highly recommend checking that out cool awesome so, um, Adam Byrne was the guy who emailed in um, and gave us Titan Shite so thank nice. you nice well Adam. thanks Adam so um, for me um, oh yeah for me which is good uh, which is tight as it were um, oh. Witcher 3 sales passed 6 million in 6 weeks so that is huge very impressive for them um, and I just think it's good uh, because quite often you know we see instances of games getting released that you know the developers even have you know maybe they've taken a risk or maybe they've you know gone with an idea that's slightly out of the box and it doesn't pay yeah. off for them you know cd project red has always been very straight shooting and they've been kind of very like you know 
don't believe in DRM. We don't believe in, you know, kind of charging you lots for DLC. Mm -hmm. They've done this post-launch, you know, 16 pieces of free DLC. Um, they've, they've treated gamers really well. And I think it's very, very good that they are being rewarded for this with massive sales. Yeah, it's definitely well-deserved. You made a great game that functions well on all platforms of release. Uh, you've got weeks and weeks of DLC, which, you know, I think nowadays DLC is becoming a bit of a dirty word. You know, as uh, soon as people hear it, they start getting aggressive. Well, I like expansions. Expansions were, you know, the good old days. And the, they do have two expansions coming. And yeah. they're what they'll charge for. I'm, I'll pay for an expansion. I won't pay for DLC. Exactly. You know, you see a lot of games, like uh, a lot of FPSs and things charging for, like, uh, gun mods yeah. and, you know, these tiny little touches. And then you've got, you know... Witcher 3 is giving you different beards that you can have for, for free. Main characters. Yeah, and they're just like, we'll do it for free. Free because, beards. Exactly. Hey, I mean, who doesn't love free are. beards? Who doesn't love free beards? Um, I think it's great. Yeah, no, I think I think it's really good. And it's just, um, you know, something that maybe other developers should take note of. Wink. Wink, wink. Wink, wink into my nudge. microphone. All right. Rory, do one of yours because yours are... Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, okay. Yours are awful and you've also lumped them at the end. And you've also written your name as Roy on my sheet. That so. was an accident. We like Roy. We <laughs> <laughs> like Roy. Um, so uh, recently it was announced at the uh, Pokemon Championships in Boston that Pokken Tournament will be announced for Wii U. So this is a game... Pokken. 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 Well, it is kind of Pokken, but it's Pokken. Well, it's Pokken because it's two Ks, but it's, okay. um, t it's essentially Tekken combined with Pokemon. Okay. So it's like the Tekken engine, but using Pokemon on inside of it so it's it was an arcade game in Japan and now it's been officially kind of announced it should be coming spring 2016 I believe set your watches set your watches people um, I think it's really cool it's, I like you know I, I love Pokemon but it can be a bit tiring sometimes with every really like Pokemon, uh, X Y uh, it's just the releases <laughs> where it all kind of feels the same those top down explorings you have to stop Team Rocket and you also have to yeah. you know, well Team Magma well yeah <laughs> you know the, 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 whoever's I'm, trying to take over the yeah, world yeah, I'm yeah. actually I generally really want another Pokemon game now well so I was chat yeah. so, well, like, like, something people were a bit disappointed that they didn't not announce fucking you're, not, you're not interested no in, I'm not interested in letting you see behind the curtain letting the lovely listeners see behind the curtain we knew that this that an announcement was coming and we were kind of but PR wasn't really helping us out so we were trying to figure out what it could be yeah and we were thinking so the last obviously pokemon game was been a while uh, well it was released not last november um so it's been, it has been a while and it, it was announced may 2014 so we it's been more than a year since we've known about a new pokemon yeah. coming, and it, they never usually leave it that long well it's been more frequently recently because they've been doing a lot of uh, remakes as well like yeah. alpha ruby omega sure. stuff well, and things like that so like that. The, the most recent one was x and y the 3d title really well i mean Aside from yeah, the remakes, yeah, yeah. so it, was it? What was the it, one that was it? Ruby and Sapphire that they redid. Ruby, Ruby yeah. and Sapphire. Yeah. yeah. Um, so presumably the next one will be another one on utilizing the 3D on the 3DS. Yeah. Well, be much more like. Well, I don't mind about the 3D. What I actually do like about the 3DS though Shut is down. just all the other awesome uh, features about it. That's the reason that I get into Pokemon games now and again is because the people that I'm with. Yeah. And mm. I haven't worked here since the new Pokemon game came out, and I reckon you'd be into it. Oh yeah. You'd be yeah, into yeah, it. yeah. And like, yeah, the last time that I got really got into it was Black. Uh, and oh, I just love this so much. If you, have, if you, yeah, with a group of friends that are kind of exactly, into it, and yeah. you're all battling every day. Gyms and, like, yeah. If you're coming in every yeah. day, I think it's you know, really cool. I think it's gonna be really good. Did you guys ever have the um, the? Uh, I think it was Heart Gold and Soul Silver that had the Pokey Walkers. They were no. like little. Pokemon no, but I did have. I did have the little. Amazing. I did have the little Pikachu pedometer thing that you used to. Yeah. Seems like essentially the same thing, but mine was probably cooler. Well, uh, maybe I had a Digivice as well. They were. They were. I also amazing. had a Digivice, but <laughs> let's not mention that here. Badass. Um, but I was just thinking, Kerbal, what if the next Pokemon game they announce 
is the open world RPG we've all been waiting for and it's a launch title for NX. It's not going to happen. Boom. Yeah. It's not going to happen. They make too much money off it being on uh, Pocket. 3DS. They've already I, made statements before as well. They I say do, the nature of the platform doesn't work. But I, w- I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they were kind of waiting to announce um, a crossover like to do with uh, really? like, like, a, like a Pokemon Stadium type thing on kind the NX. Of. Someone made a demo of what Pokemon would be like running on the Unreal Engine and it was like awesome. Charizard running through a field and it was just the most incredible you were just like I would <laughs> play it's, it's, it's very difficult it. to judge with you whether yeah. it really is the most incredible because you get quite <laughs> excited about a lot of stuff yeah. so, so, this yeah. peach water <laughs> is the greatest thing <laughs> I've ever drunk before yeah. it's amazing so, there we go alright that's Pokemon Tournament then so a yep. uh, thing that's on my tight list is the Metal yep. Gear Solid Kojima Cut trailer um, oh that was really like nice a five and a half minute oh, trailer dude, I teared up I'm just getting emotional so I've never I've never played a Metal Gear before you know it's always been one of those what? games I it's, been one of those, it's been one of those things that I've been familiar with but I've always worried that oh god it's too far gone I won't get the story what have you and then I spoke to Alex and Alex was like I it's a mess. Nobody knows what the story is. Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> whoops. Um, but I, so anyway, better late than never. I might get into it. But um, there's even actually, I got there's a, actually a really, really good video um, that uh, Eurogamer put up this yeah. week that Ethan Wilson made, and it's like if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. If you're gonna, if you don't know the story and you want to play uh, Phantom Pain, I would watch it because it's a 12 minute video that basically tells you the entire story of Metal Gear. The mere fact that she's managed to actually figure it out is, is worth your watch alone. I'm like, sure there is yeah. a, a it's a very cool video. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good idea because yeah. there's a lot of people that would be wanting to get like, into to get this the game. In, I mean, it basically gives you the entire gist of everything. I reckon that you'll need to be able to understand just like small things in yeah. a new game. So yeah, you should definitely check that out. But it's an amazing trailer as well. So Kojima's cut it. And yeah, it's just, it's really it's sad. Well, well so the, 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 the first half of the trailer basically goes back through um, yeah. the previous games and looks at them. Um, and it's And it's just, it's really kind of, even if you don't know the series, yeah. it's something where you like you can appreciate how much of an institution it is, what it's done for gaming, yeah. how it's evolved, and um, certainly I think definitely for, for in our age range, you know, when you watch that, you've lived through those kind of generations yeah. of consoles. You're a bit like, oh my god, it's um, it's it is quite kind of moving. So yeah, yeah I thought it was incredible, and especially because this, you know, Konami have said that um, it's going to go on as a franchise, but this is Kojima's yeah. last ever trailer for it and he you know cut it edited it it's quite sad yeah well we've given it a 10 um, and I, I just saw on the uh the our Duck Hunters uh, Facebook group that people have started getting their copies today uh, and we're recording this on a Thursday yeah is it Thursday yeah we're yeah. recording this on Thursday games are out for a couple of days I know so people have got it for the bank holiday weekend like even Krupa's just gone online to try and buy one <laughs> yeah, yeah we, so we haven't actually got any copies in yet so yeah. if any of our Duck Hunters do want to send us some yeah. uh, like I'm, that's words. the thing I'm kind of glad mine didn't come because I'm going away for the weekend. Uh, so I'm in I Barcelona, just, uh, yeah. so there's nothing I can do. But there we are. All right. I forgot so about that's... the bank holidays. I'm just going to be stuck doing nothing. <laughs> sucks. Rocket League. Yeah, yeah, Rocket League. League. Oh, God. Go let's on, do Luke. it. What, um, what's so... this bullshit you've written down? How dare you say <laughs> So um, Xbox One backwards compatibility. Um, basically, Phil Spencer has said that they are investigating not just including Xbox 360 games, but original Xbox games. So at some stage in the future, your original Xbox games could work on your Xbox One. Who cares? And I th- uh, Who cares? Right. Firstly, shut your whole mouth. Surely everything Secondly, that you'd want to play has already been what, remastered. What, what game? No. What original Xbox game hasn't been remastered that you want to play? Star Wars Knights of the Republic. That's, no way. Star Wars Knights of the Republic has been remastered. On iPad? Who wants to play it on iPad? <laughs> yeah, fine. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. 
I, I, I'm, I'm yeah, I win that one. I'm sorry, I'm a bit taken aback that I actually won <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, very one. aggressive um, as well. But basically, I am. Um, because so I had um, an original Xbox. I had an Xbox 360. I, I haven't got an Xbox. What do you want? One. Fucking Blue Peter bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, but you never played I any had, games like, on Game it. Boy, Game Boy SP. I had them. Nintendo 3DS, XL. Stop doing that impression of me. But basically, I am. I was really, really excited to hear this because I still have all my games. Just because Knights of the Old Republic. Just to well, play no, nice little I also look. I, uh, t- 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 I'm not getting involved in this. You, I won't stoop to your level. But the point being, <laughs> I still have a lot of old games that I would like to to play. I think it's good value, and it just shows how far Microsoft has come well, in turning around from their original. Ideals. I think one of Are the- you reading out like a PR spiel? That's what that sounds. Shows how far Microsoft has come. What are these impressions of me? Where are these impressions of me? Phil Spencer from? has really shown his cards with this movie. I think, it, I think it's quite admirable. You are the worst people I've ever met. Bollocks. Um, right, okay. Well, I think it's. I think probably the most interesting takeaway is, do you think this is going to be a thing now for future, future consoles that they'll always be able to play? Because we haven't really had that in the past before. Like... We haven't yeah, had it, have. and it hasn't made a difference. Yeah, we have. No. PS3 was backwards compatible. The first PS3 was backwards compatible. Yeah, yeah. PS2. Xbox 360 so, was backwards compatible. So I'm saying, like, PlayStation 2 onward. I couldn't play SNES games on my N64. I'm saying, we, we reached a point. Are we? Is that going to be the point that we will always go back to from the future? Yeah. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need it. I don't need it at all. I've got, there's too many new games for me to well, go back look, and go, well, like, well, you know how many hours I spent on Nights of the Old Republic? Like... Hours, like tens of hours on Nice Old Republic. You're I never sp- going to play that again. I spent a lot, and then I replayed it about two years ago. And now you want to play it again? Yeah, Bollocks. but because Rory, I got, what's your last no, thing? I got to the final <laughs> planet, and it got a glitch, Jesus. and all of my, um, whatchamacallit, uh, party members became walkies. What? <laughs> yeah, Rory. the walkie. That's a good glitch. Mm, no, it wasn't. Rory, uh, let's see this tight ship home. Last bit of tightness for this weekend is um, there's someone... In the the Duck Hunt podcast group, his name is Fraser Overing- Overington. Yeah, he works for Manga UK, and he's part of a team does that's going to be bringing. He does. He works for Manga UK. He's part of the team that's going to be uh, bringing Dragon Ball Z Resurrection of F to twenty four screens across the UK. <laughs> so can so, I just say, I get stick for saying it's tight that Phil Spencer's done something great for games, and I'm doing PR spiel. What is this, Rory? <laughs> this is awesome. If you're an anime fan, this is monumental. I've, I've got never been 24 able to screens see... in my house. <laughs> I've never been able to see an anime film on on a big screen before. So this is a huge thing for me. Buy a big TV. I think I've. I think I've. Oh no, maybe not an anime. What have I seen? I saw the Pokemon movie. That kind of counts. Nah. nah, not really. Well, kind of. I was talking to someone the other day. Like that, you mentioned Manga UK. I was talking to someone the other day. Do you remember like old Manga VHS tapes used oh, to come? Used to come with that uh, like music video at the beginning of them. And it's well, like, maybe not. Do you remember this? And it was like it was like an amazing like trailer for Manga in general. And it was like that had these like crazy like metal songs like I love that. like over the top of it. But a friend of mine by accident didn't did. There's like a there's a clip from one particular film where there's a guy going. <laughs> and they make that as part of the song. And a friend of mine did an amazing uh, impression of it the other day in the pub and didn't know about the thing. So I was doing this exact story there as well. Exactly. And it was story. just as interesting. <laughs> this is the gift that um, keeps on giving. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, if you're into anime, if you love Dragon Ball Z, um, you know, do a bit of research here. It's going to be in screens all across the UK. Very cool event. Yes. So I'd recommend it. Awesome. That brings us neatly on to the shite. Yes, it does. So, um, basically, my first bit of shite is Star Wars. <laughs> Anakin is in the top thousand most popular US baby names. That's mental. Yeah, I mean, for a start, it's quite late. 
I wouldn't say why Anakin's... Top 1,000 names, though. I couldn't even name 1,000 names. <laughs> that's far Listen, too many. <laughs> we, we've heard about this whole tree naming thing that you did last week, and we'll get on to that. But if that's the standard we're stooping to now, we are not doing that. But also... Yeah, I'm not going to go, he, he Trevor, actually, Philip, Mark. He, he actually, <laughs> what am I on? What am I on? Yeah. He, actually, he actually does make a good point, though. Like, a 1,000 names is a lot. I couldn't name A 1,000 names is a lot. Yeah. I but it does, it's, it's non-gender specific. You're not going to call a girl Anakin, are you? No, but what he's saying is it includes But basically... Why do you think this is shite? Um, I think it's shite because um, Anakin's an all right name. If your name's Anakin, write in IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. I don't mean to offend you. It's just, well, I just think it's shite because why is this now affiliated with Star Wars? Well, your name's Luke. That was Anakin. clearly after Star Wars. Well, that, no. <laughs> But this thing, Luke... So, first of all, Luke is the best Star Wars-related name. Secondly, uh-huh. um, why is this now being attached or attributed to Star Wars? Star Wars didn't invent the name Anakin, and I, it's... No, but since 1977, it has... Like, Anakin has been synonymous with Star Wars. I first learned about Anakin through, through Star Wars. You're telling me you knew someone called Anakin... I don't know anyone called Star Anakin. Well, what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> No, the I didn't even know like, it was a name before Star Wars. I exactly. It was, yeah, like, I, so what, it's called you're Anakin. You're saying, Anakin do, so, no, no, no. Because the point that I'm making, I think this is shite because I think it's just... No, not- you just said, why is Anakin <laughs> being uh, attributed to Star Wars? Yeah. Which would suggest that you knew someone called Anakin before you knew Star Wars. No, but it's obviously, a name, that, it's obviously a name that existed before Star Wars. Is it? Well, it must be. It's not like George Lucas. If, if it hadn't been, George Sounds Lucas like would have trademarked it. Like, he trademarked droid. Some, and now so- we probably owe him money for this. Sounds like someone should have done their research before putting this down in the shite. Because it sounds like you're talking through your ass. <laughs> I'm going to stick that out there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a break, you know? I bet they have it of a lifetime, eh, Gav? Right, okay, on to you. And I've got... I've got. Sure you don't want to give any more thoughts on that well-thought-out point that no, you put I in just the think, I just think that Anakin is... I just think it's a shite bit of news. <laughs> because Anakin... Who, do you know, who's called Anakin? I think it's just weird that you would want that. to name your kid after Anakin. He's not a very nice person. He's not. Like, surely I'd go for Luke or Kills those kids. I'd call him little Chewy Powers. That'd be cool. Chewy Powers. Chewy Powers. Jar Jar Pow. <laughs> All right. George, Jar Jar Pow Wow. <laughs> All right. Let's forget this ever happened. Um, so I almost walked out of a film for the first time in years on Sunday that I paid for. Uh, and it was Trainwreck, the Jack I Amy Schumer film. You guys have been inviting a lot, and I have a feeling you're going to kick off again because he loves Amy Schumer. I love Amy Schumer. Oh, okay, I then love not, then. He absolutely can't stand her. Cannot stand her. Really? And oh. Have it, you seen Trainwreck? No. No, I really want to. My mum saw it, and she liked it. <laughs> What's going on? Thanks for that. Yeah, there you go. I, like, I, I love <laughs> Amy Schumer. Conversation. Like, been a massive fan of um, Inside Amy Schumer for ages. Uh, and I just I really love Judd Apatow films even like Funny People and This Is 40 which a lot of people don't like well Funny People more than This Is 40 but it's 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 terrible what's wrong with it? it's basically you think okay Amy Schumer writing a rom-com you think okay cool she's gonna you know edgy not edgy you think she's gonna you know do something new with it like she's gonna do something new with the idea it's not it does she doesn't at all and it's just like Judd Apatow started making movies that were so relatable I think like you know something like Knocked Up um uh, this is 40 no this is 40 yeah Voyeur Mm -hmm. Virgin like they're quite relatable films like it's about you know sort of like Everyman stuff like that in (laughs) Trainwreck the lead character is <laughs> the lead character writes for um, some really famous magazine, and the other lead character 
is a physiotherapist to just about every famous American sports person in the world. So they basically, in, sorry, American sports person in the world, um, but they get all these American people. So you've got like LeBron James in um, different scenes. You've got, uh, just for cameos. And, and it's just like, but he's in it a lot. And like, he's in it for, basically the joke is with him, Obviously, LeBron James is one of the most famous sports people in the world, so he's one of the richest in the world. He's really cheap, so like he won't pay for things and stuff like that. Like, but that joke just gets gets done over and over again. And like, basically, any any person who's playing themselves is just doing things you wouldn't expect them to do. Like John and Cena just, as well. Like yeah. In the trailer, and I was like, why is he even here? That's even like, worse though. The John Cena bit. The joke is he's blatantly gay, so they're making jokes about him like being like a closet homosexual. Yeah. That's the joke with John Cena all the way through it. And it's well awful. Done. It's, just... it's such a bad film. And Aww. it's just like, ah, man, it's awful. I, like, I, I, genuinely, I was like, quite looking forward to seeing that. Maybe you may, you know, you should go see it and we'll have another conversation about it. But like, I was really looking forward to it. And I was just, I've never been at this point with the film. Like I generally, I was leaving my lady and we were just looking at each other going like, should we just fucking go? What, uh, out of interest, because you've said you now haven't walked out of a film in years. What was the last film you did walk out of? I can't remember. Have you ever walked out of film? Uh, I almost wa- walked out of Hitch because it was right. just no. I walked. I wasn't out... in the mindset either. I was just like, this. <laughs> I walked out of. I had just been dumped. Want to yeah. watch Hitch? Oh no, it was a joke. I haven't. All right, okay. actually. I walked out with. <laughs> uh, I walked out of Valentine's Day, um, on oh. va- on Valentine's Day oh, no. with my girlfriend at the time, yeah. and I was just like, yeah, no bugger this. <laughs> what did you walk out on? Huh? What did you walk out on? <laughs> no, she was. I walked, no, Valentine's she was. Day. We walked out. Oh, together. I thought you walked out of a film on Valentine's yeah, Day. I did. No, I did. Wait, I, I what's went, happening? The film is called Valentine's Day. We went to see it on Valentine's oh, Day. That was David blowing Boreanaz. my mind. Uh, and it was just like, oh, yeah. it was uh, way too meta for me. It, it, it no, was just awful. wait. David Ashton Val- Kutcher. Yeah, Valentine's Day is not the one with David Boreanaz. That's no. just Valentine. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 one of those. It's like the. New Year's Eve film where they, yeah. you know, um, they have like a million and one characters. It was, it was trying. Yeah, to, we thought it would be like oh, Love I know Actually, that one. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, where they have all these famous characters that's really good. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was just a pile of shite. Yeah. And anyway, I managed to convince her to come Ooh, with me. One, one, Call one. Back. Hey. One good thing about Trainwreck is Amy Schumer's dad and the relationship she has with her dad is really, really good. Yeah, like, and he's really funny in there as well. Who, who's it um, played by? Oh, I can't think of what his name is. Yeah, is he famous? Um, yeah, he's a famous dude. But like, it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'd like to see what everyone else thinks. But also, a really good one is, have you ever walked out of, of a film and what was that film? Yes. So no, do tell us. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Rory, what's the last bit of shite? So this is probably um, the most devastating thing that, we, that has happened all week. <laughs> so... In, Some in, of the shit you put on this one. I know, and, and, and yeah, I'm the one who gets the stick, whatever. Uh, in celebration of World Peace Day, which yeah. is uh, coming up, Burger King proposed that they and McDonald's combine the Whopper and the Big Mac to create the McWhopper. Which like Street I Fighter think, X Tekken. No, Street who Fighter could X. possibly be yeah. against this? Except vegetarians, maybe. Um, and it was the greatest idea ever. It was to promote world peace, you know, to it show these the big rivals. It was the greatest idea ever. I, don't quote me on that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's up there. Did you get an email from Burger King PR being like, can we use this? You know, the, the wheel, electricity, the McWhopper, all peaks <laughs> of human invention. Um, the thing is, like, the Big Mac and the Whopper are the two worst things on those menus. Who gets a Big Mac when Who they go to McDonald's? A Big Mac? I know. Who buys a Whopper? Like, you don't. You go for, like, the thing with all the bacon in or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know it, I mean? it does seem like an odd choice. And also, what I did, like, what they were suggesting, because as I, I looked at the story, yeah. they, they, there's going to be a bun in the middle. 
separating the two of them with the idea that you can then share it with someone. No. Again, to promote peace, I'm like, so you go and buy a McWhopper <laughs> and then separate it into its component parts again and eat it. It's like, what? what in what planet do you live that this is a good idea? Yeah. It just didn't, it wasn't thought through. It was quite sad, though, because you could tell, obviously, this was a great PR move by Burger King, because it shows them as extending this hand of peace. Yeah. And they clearly put a lot of work into it. They thought of uniform ideas, a pop-up stand to sell it, you yeah. know, box art design was going to be this whole thing. McDonald's just kind of shut it down with kind of a snooty it's uh, message it was as well. Very, it's quite, very yeah. snarky. Quite patronizing. And it was, but yeah. then, now, to be honest, though, I saw loads of people having a go at this, and actually, like, if it was really going to be a real idea... Burger King should have just approached McDonald's yeah. with it. Like, that, so but, I, but then that's what I'm saying. Like, they wouldn't have got all this great PR from exactly, it. Where everyone yeah. sees, like, they, they knew that McDonald's was going to say no to it, but now they've come out of it looking good and McDonald's have come out of it looking well, bad. Well, this is the thing. So I think, I think McDonald's basically just mishandled it because they, they could have made a joke of it in some way rather than kind of like talking down. Yeah. It, but hey ho. Oh, I would totally. Eat Having said that, if you do want a McWhopper, as we figured out, you know, just go and buy a Whopper. Absolutely, and Brian Altano did it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you yeah. can check it out on site. He actually made a McWhopper. Uh, yeah, I emailed him and said you should do that. And he said, yes, I will. Awesome. So there we go. Fantastic. What are we on now? Feedback. Feedback. <laughs> Feedback. Yeah. Right, right. okay, read. we're coping. So that is that is it for... Um, I'm number one. Titan Shite. Yes, I'm you are number one. You don't one. have to say the numbers. I'm just showing one. them behind the curtain. Um, Duck Hunt. This is from... I'm never going to be able to... Aryan Tahim. There we go. Argentine. Argentine. Yeah, yeah. Duck Hunt. We were talking about the latest loot crate, which seemed to be a bit disappointing. I was wondering what was the worst promotional item that you've personally received. I remember hearing about publishers sending dust knuckles for Mad Hunt, which seems crazy. Mm. Do publishers still send elaborate promotional items? First of all, it's your own fault for getting loot crate, which looks constantly like a big pile of shit. <laughs> I haven't really, I haven't really seen what people get out of loot crate. Rubbish. Like, what are the, what are the. Uh, prices like for loot crate is it like 20 pounds uh, no box? i think it's a bit more than that a bit more i think it's like 30 dollars but like the stuff you get is like the only it, the stuff you get seems to be all over the place like you get, mm. basically get one of those uh, little sort of vinyl action figures or something like that yeah some t-shirts and some i don't know yeah. man it just uh, it just doesn't interest me i am 30 years old though so but then kruber gets the marvel one and that seems like a little bit better guess, yeah um but because they actually like the loot crate is themed all the time so you get like you know you could get like a walking dead box or something like that yeah but the marvel one i don't know it seems a little bit more focused like they'll go oh this one's ant-man so you'll get something that you can only get in that thing as well and because they own obviously like marvel are doing star wars as well they did a star wars one oh you could, that would be cool so there was a variant cover you could only get in loot crate that's what, pretty whatever awesome. it's called anyway their thing marvel crate yeah um, um but what's the worst thing i've ever had <sighs> bit of tat I, I mean, I get a lot of soft toys, but I like soft toys, so I'm all right with that. You get a lot of stuff. Well, a lot of stuff. I think one of the worst, best things we got were those glasses that you put on, and they're mirror panels, oh, so you're constantly looking not a hero, down. Yeah. So yeah, the, I, I think the idea behind that is basically what, so you can like read on the sunbathe or something, and look sunbathe and look at like read a book or something that's there. Without, oh, with, yeah. So oh. it's, it's, or, or it's like to do with something like reading a book while looking straight. It's something like that. All that it meant though was that for like the next two days, I was in my editing chair, leaned all the way back, looking forward at my yeah. screens. One yeah. of, really worked. One of the all. weirdest things I got, and it was quite recently actually, was um, for Surgeon Simulator. Uh, Boss Studio sent me a Body. quilt cover. Oh. oh, a quilt cover. So when you lie down in it, it looks like you're. It's like your body's being operated on. It's kind of. That's by my desk. If anybody wants that, the escapists. You're welcome to was it. Was it the escapists? Mm. Um, I got sent 
um, like a fluorescent oh, orange towel, like a like a boiler uh, suit I color. Got I got one of those. I, I used that towel. Me. I took on hold of me. Yeah. yeah, it's a great towel. Well, actually, I ended up having to have a shower in the office, <laughs> yeah. and I had a towel. Oh. So it was useful, but it's just kind of one of those things you're like, wow, you shouldn't have. Yeah. But um, also, uh, publishers tend to give you if you go to review events and stuff, uh, you or preview events, you get T-shirts quite a lot of the time of the game, and they're almost always large or extra large. And as a small guy, it looks like I'm wearing a poncho and I can't really be doing with that. There's two people that I've ever had good T-shirts from and that's THQ when they did WWE and they just do, do awesome T-shirts and Bethesda always do amazing T-shirts. Bethesda do great T-shirts. Yeah. Um, NC Soft actually does quite good T-shirts. You can, you, you can get quite a lot of good sizes. The, weird, the weirdest thing I got was a, uh, a Witcher, um, I think it was Witcher 3 uh, puzzle. Like table puzzle. That'd be fun, though. At least that's not oh, like wait, a what huge inconvenience. Also, you, quite often you get Rub- uh, Rubik's cube. We got we got um, uh, Candy Crush Rubik's cube, where basically instead of the <laughs> I don't uh, oh, it's candy. It, but, but basically, yeah, on each side instead of the colours, it's just a picture of the. Right. Right. Literally, there's so much tat we get that's useless. What have you got? Anyway, uh, so Sean Humphreys says, "Just want to say thanks for opening my eyes to the TV show <gasps> Pound Wars." Oh, so good. After hearing Why about it, it? Chris pod- was telling me about it. After Sounds hearing so about it on your podcast I checked out and was laughing my ass off within minutes of watching the first episode it was like watching the real life office of which I am a massive fan it's so good what um, is Pound Wars? <laughs> uh, we must have talked about it last week so I won't give it a big uh, big sell but Krupa turned me on to it and it's basically Krupa turned me on yeah like, what? it's like basically that. these pound shops and I don't know if you've got them in the US but like they are places where you can buy yeah like dollar stores is um, the equivalent yeah. yeah and I think it's like 99 cent stores and so that's quite big in the US isn't it? yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of like same um, but yeah it's, it's basically like that but it's, they found the most amazing real people <laughs> uh, like I was watching an episode last week where they were looking for those loom band things those little things yeah, yeah. of uh, elastic Oh and um, they'd run out and this guy was just in a news agent and they were selling them for one forty nine. and the guy was like oh man oh no no he wasn't American but he was like oh, if, I, if I had uh, if I had the money I'd come in here and buy them and sell them in my shop and I was like but they cost one forty nine here you can only sell them for a pound in your shop that's not good um, but if you haven't watched it's on BBC and it'll be on iPlayer so you should definitely check it out uh, this one from Ross Miller it says celebration of love in the subject Ooh. hi all and duck hunt Founder and mother superior of the IGN Facebook group gets married this Monday on Bank Holiday Monday, and in behalf of all the Duck Hunts, wish him and his new wife all the best. Aww, That's awesome. really nice. Also, thanks to your editor in chief, Alex, for joining us for a Duck Hunter QA this week. If you want to see the video, check out the post in the Facebook group or search Out of Lives on iTunes. Well, congratulations. That's from Ross Miller, our most attractive admin. Congratulations. Ooh. Yay, well done. It's quite a title. Yeah. This one comes from Robert Bass. He says, Duck Hunt. Big am, mouth Robert Bass. I am a gardener, and I must say you did pretty good. Now, this is in reference to the last podcast where we may have got a little off track and see, tried to see how if we could name 20 trees. Well, how did this come up? Um, we were talking about things that we learned from video games, and I said my brother used to play a lot of RuneScape when he was a right. kid, and he learned all about trees. Mm. And, like, and they were like, Rory, can you name 20 trees? And then I couldn't quite do it, so then we all started doing it. It was quite a challenge. Um, but these are some of the ones that we missed. We could have had birch. I would have said birch. I would have said birch. Hornbeam. Nope. Cherry tree. Yeah, I would have had cherry that. Cherry tree. Yeah. Apple tree. It's fucking pine tree. on that Leela, list. How was, pe- how was pine on that list? Pine tree. I don't know. I probably yelled pine cones instead. Uh, <laughs> hawthorn. Probably, which means you definitely did. Acer, not a PC, but a tree. Yeah. Uh, and a mill, mul- mulberry. I can do that. I grew up in the countryside. But you... Oh, right, we're not pursuing it. Yeah, okay. So we did. Good. We think we did pretty good. I think we got over 20 in the end when we started naming a fruit and then just saying tree after it. And that Apple cleared tree. about five. 
banana tree. Potato tree. tree. <laughs> yeah. Joking. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Next. Nailed it. Cool. So, uh, Ross Graham says, hi guys, duck hunt. Hi Ross. Uh, please can you change the email address for the podcast feedback? No. Nope. I wanted nope. to send you this mail for a week, but keep forgetting the address. Now I've missed out on awesome listener mail in place of this rubbish one. Lots of love. Um, we keep talking about changing it, but then it's we part kind of, of forget. the fabric of the podcast. It's integral. It needs just- a, uh, a jingle. That's why people remember it. It's oh. like that joke in the IT crowd, you know, that really complicated. Yeah. You're like, oh, one, one, eight, nine, yeah. nine, nine. But it's the jingle, and then you know. Well, the you're song. a musician. Make us a jingle. Write a little jingle. For, uh, it's IG, for those wondering, it's IGN <laughs> underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Yeah. yeah. And just send us anything, really. Here we go then. Delanus Prime, the guy with anus in his name. Oh, I love it's this pronounced guy. Dil Anus, I Dil think anus. you'll find. <laughs> After listening to the last podcast on the topic of first person fatigue, yes. I thought it was a perfect opportunity to mention the awesome Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. I'm sure you guys are more than aware of it, and I, for one, feel like it's a big shot in the arm, maybe the face of the first-person genre. I mean, it's a first, it's not first-person shooter. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. (laughs) It's a great game. It's really, really good. It was actually a really cool thing, so I've played it. Um, The soundtrack sold so many I heard about that this. it should have been number one in the album charts this week but classic um, was but, tricky uh, but unfortunately they weren't allowed to have it because the loophole is they're not allowed to have movie soundtracks in there even though there's a Harry Potter comp- soundtrack compilation in the charts already really is mm. this a vendetta against video game music I think so because the people at Chinese Room have made like an amazing soundtrack yeah and it's reducing people to tears, the soundtrack is. So why isn't it allowed to be number one? I think if it, if it there is it. I think that was the argument. If there's a separate section specifically for soundtracks, then it should be in yeah, the soundtrack it, it should be just overall, though. Like, if some soundtracks are allowed in, why aren't video games ones allowed in? Well, I huh? didn't know about the Harry Potter one. Unless, yeah. is that maybe an All orchestration that was done outside of the film's release? Like, maybe it was don't a know. performance that was done by an orchestra? Because then maybe that would know. be not All soundtrack, soundtracks are born equal, but some are more equal than there others. You go. Live um, long enough yeah, no, uh, to become the soundtrack. The game is brilliant, and every, everyone should check it out. Or, if you don't want to check it out, it die. almost certainly will be on PS Plus <laughs> in the yeah. next, like, two months. Sweet. So, yeah. No, I'm in, uh, I've played a little bit of that, and I have liked what I've, I've seen thus far. Yeah, and, oh, I've got to find one. So, finally, then... Uh, headphones in cinemas from Matthew Sewell who says have you got any more? No, I said this no. is quite interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting. Hello on Duck Hunt. As an avid cinema goer, I'm getting fed up of people in the cinema talking and using their phones, etc. What are your thoughts on being able to use your own personal headphones in the cinemas? Bollocks, because you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to come to that. If you see someone talking or using their phone in the cinema, go over to them or go tell uh, someone on them because this is the only way we're going to stamp this stuff out. I actually, one of my friends was texting me the other day and was like, oh, I'm just in the cinema watching Ted 2. And I was like, him. and I sent him a text being like, what the fuck are you doing like, with your phone out? Yeah. Don't use yeah. your phone in the cinema. Just, it's not even about that. A, you shouldn't be that so like plugged in, like that you have to use your phone every minute. Yeah. And like have respect for other people. It's not it's not a big ask. I have a zero tolerance policy on a lot of things. But <laughs> no, yeah. Being, Never guess. Being a dickhead in the cinema is definitely one of them. Yeah, I'm like it's funny because I'm kind of like you in that sense where it's like, well, maybe not in the overarching like, way like I let a lot, a lot of stuff nice go. Me, I'm yeah. quite a chill person, yeah. but yeah, cinemas I absolutely draw a line. That's like the only time I've ever just been like. Well, like leaning over I lose my shit like over people talking like really yeah, loud at each other. I'm like, shut up, yeah. watch the film, or go outside. Yeah. I don't care. And yeah. if you're going to discuss the plot, I will. St- 
stab you. When I, I, I used to live in West London, I used to go to the, it was a brand new cinema in um, the Westfield to watch yeah. like, some films. And there was one particular screen that had amazing seats, like just above this like sort of barrier thing. So I used to book obviously seats because I liked those seats. Mm. And I went with my girlfriend at the time to watch Scream 4. And there's a lot of banging going outside. If you can hear that, I'm very sorry. But yeah, yeah I went to watch Scream 4, which is a terrible film anyway, but that's by the <laughs> by. But we sat there and you know when you, like I have a sixth sense now, I know I can take a look at someone before going to the cinema and going, yep, he's going to be a problem. She's going <laughs> to be a problem. They're going to get on my nerves. You're like, let's just do this now, buddy. Save us both yeah. some time. Yeah. And I saw a group of 10 people walk in together and now... A group of 10 people have no business going to the cinema together. No. Go to a pub, go to a restaurant, because you don't want to be sitting in silence for an hour and a half. You guys are there to... You, you want to be actually hanging out together. You know, yeah, you and a cinema is not a place to fucking... Have you ever, especially in a line. Yeah. Have like, you never been to cinema in a big group before? No. I went no. once What's the point? in a group of eight. It's fun. To see, um, to see King Kong. Yeah. And... It's one of those moments, the few moments that I've actually been embarrassed of my friends because they were like so obnoxious and like just talking the entire way through. And you know, you're just like, I actually don't want to watch this yeah, film exactly. with you. And so I went with another mate and just sat separately. <laughs> yeah, so yeah I, I don't probably gave you guys a dirty look. Well, you didn't even know him at the um, time. Right. So <laughs> ten, 10 people walked in and I noticed them come up to me. And there was eight seats one side of me, two seats the other. And they went, Oh, do you mind moving up to? And I was like, Oh, like I'm a nerd. I know why I've sat here. And I was like, Oh, we actually booked these seats, so I'm gonna sit here. Mm. Actually, then, I think you'll find the acoustics hey, hit right perfectly hey. here, and then we're all we're all nerds, all right? <laughs> yeah. This is what we deal with. But so the guy was like, "Oh, come on, would you, do you mind moving?" And I was like, "Oh, no, no, like I'm, I'm really sorry." But like he was like, "Oh, we want to sit with our friends." I was like, "Well, it doesn't matter because as soon as the film comes on, you shouldn't be talking and stuff anyway." So. Um, <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. I was like, I'm really sorry, man. We booked these seats. We got you early to get these seats. And he was like, okay, fine. So he sat down next to me. Then two people, a couple sat next to me. And, they were, and there was basically him, a bunch of girls, and then a guy and a girl next to my girlfriend. And like, as soon as the film came on, like Courtney Cox comes on and he, this dude next to me shouts, oh, it's Monica. And oh my God. the girls next to him started going, oh. <laughs> laughing and I was like right we're fucked now because that, that, that guy has an audience so he thinks he's like the funny guy of the group he's gonna be making jokes and stuff throughout this movie so he starts like he's just saying stuff and stuff like that so I said to him I was like oh dude can you shut up please um, and uh, he was like just sort of looked at me and I was like okay fine and he didn't say anything then he got his phone out and he's just like he's just like he's not even checking a message or anything like that he's just scrolling through Facebook and he's sitting right next to me so I said excuse me man can you put your phone away please and he was like it's on silence and I was like that's not the issue <laughs> like that's not an issue at all is it oh, I love it and he was like it's on silent and I was like it doesn't matter like and he was, he was they were proper like a bunch of like skip rat dull scum oh, like people from grim. West London scallies and um, so I said to him like can you please put your phone away and he's like like sort of like did this touch put his phone away then he got his phone out again so I, do, and I was like dude you need to put your phone away seriously and uh, he was like what's this guy's problem and I was like don't talk to them talk to me like, <laughs> if you're gonna say something like why are you don't, don't, why don't, into it? <laughs> don't pick a fight on Gab like, so, no, so then I was like dude seriously put your phone away um, and he put his phone away and then so it went on and then he got his phone out again so I just completely lost it grabbed his phone chucked it uh, sort of knocked it out of his hand it went onto the floor he uh, he kneeled down to get it and was just like don't, don't ever touch my phone don't ever touch my phone I was like I won't touch your phone if you stop being an arsehole with it <laughs> oh my um, god that's and uh, he, he was like he sat back down his mate was like mate just calm down and I was like I am calm I'm just your friend's being a dick he's got his phone on if he gets his phone out again I'm going to smash it up and uh, he was like so they both sat down 
And I was like, you know what? This is not worth it. I'm just going to go. And he was like, and, I, and I, he goes, yeah, you better walk away. I was like, what did you just say? He was like, yeah, we're going to get you after the film. And I was like, well, I'm going now. So <laughs> if you want to do something, then let's go do it right now. He's like, we're going to get you after the film, man. And they both like sitting down, like refused to make eye contact with me. And I was like, you're not going to do anything. <laughs> like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to walk out and get my money back for this screening. So I'm going to be out there for 10 minutes max. So if you want to do your, like, we'll get you after the film, man. And I was like, yeah, will you guys? <laughs> And this is amazing. Like, There's like it. tears in their eyes. And they're like, we're going to get you. But that, <laughs> that was like, one, I think that was probably one of the last times I went to like a cine world or something like that. Yeah. When, it, when it hasn't been a press screening and it hasn't been free. I was going to say. Because I, people can't be trusted. Well, this thing, I don't go to, I don't really go to the cinema that much anymore because I just, I hate it. Yeah. So I, I mean, so, it's sorry, not yeah. a pleasant experience. So to go back to the question, it shouldn't come to that. No. It's a great idea. Because I was like, yeah, that's interesting. But no, don't come in my screening that I've paid money for. It's like a public toilet. People should be trusted to just go to the toilet. But people poop (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) They poop everywhere. It's disgusting. And it's like, what are you doing? Uh, But yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think... You animals. (laughs) For me, that's not dealing with the issue the issue is people being dicks yeah and it's the same like this week people you know th- there's been the idea that there's going to be uh, women only carriages because again men can't be trusted to be yeah. in a carriage with a woman and not harass her so it's like uh, as much as I want every female in the world to feel safe which is bloody their right to yeah. be able to do so that's you know women only carriages not dealing with the problem the problem is people harassing why should the right women then be ostracised and put in this ca- in these carriages yeah. Like, you know. Anyway, so. Have dickhead only carriages where you just stick all the men. <laughs> like, sort out. But yeah, no, I don't think you should have to have headphones in cinemas. Um, but I am interested to hear what other people think about that or if they've had particularly bad experiences yeah. in cinemas that are really going to rile me up. So let us know those. <laughs> IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Brings us nicely onto Out This Week. Oh, I hate this section. Devil's Third, shit. Dishonored Definitive Edition. <laughs> if you've played Dishonored, you already know if you're going to like it or not. This, Disney Infinity Through it's got Star Wars in it, Wicked. Gears of War Ultimate <laughs> Edition, you know what that's going to be like. Until Dawn, we've already talked about. It's Boom. Great. Stopping it. How about films? Hitman, the dude <sighs> at the top of the show has already talked about it. We are your friends. Actually, I kind of want to see because it's got Max who does Catfish and I Me love too. Catfish, Max. Me too. Oh, what? Um, is he in it? No, he directed it. Oh. But the I film... Mm, Zac Efron. Yeah. The film looks terrible. I like Zac Efron. Uh, well, and Straight Outta Compton the wrong fan club is here, the story... Uh, it's the story about NWA, which has left out some of the more dubious things, like Dr. Dre beating up every woman he's ever seen. Yeah, and then he was like, yeah, sorry about that. And it's like, <laughs> that's kind of a half-ass apology. You're a billionaire, Dr. Dre. How about you <laughs> turn him into the wrong carriage and it all went, it all went well, terribly wrong? Well, it's like he's a billionaire. Yeah. Maybe donate some money towards like a oh. women's refuge or something. Or well, maybe but stop it in women. <laughs> Again, an option. One step like, at a time here, folks. Like, One step at a time. Hey, um, but that's all the stuff that's out this week. That was IDN UK Podcast. Podcast number 295. We killed it. I think we did well. 300 is coming up. We are putting all our eggs into the basket of organization. Yes, it's hopefully ha- it next, happening. Hopefully next week we'll have like a date and a venue and stuff. Yes, we, um, are, we are narrowing it down. We, we kind of know roughly when it's going to be and we know it'll be in London somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yes, we will hopefully have more information for you next week. Yay. So, including how Ooh. you can get tickets if you want to come. Excellent. Exactly. Thanks guys. No problem. Oh, Thank you so for having us. See, see you, you all next week. week. Bye-bye. Bye.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.